Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 41. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money YouTube channel. So we took uh, quite a, a long break, like a five month break last year off of YouTube, but we're finally back to posting regularly every single week. We've put out like four videos just in the past couple of weeks, and we're really excited to be back. Um, One video in particular is actually on the same topic that we're going to be discussing in today's podcast episode, but of course, it's a video. So we've got some different visuals and show a whole lot of different pictures that sort of go along with it. So um, if you're interested in that, we talk about very similar stuff over on YouTube as we do here on the podcast, um, but can sometimes share different details and different visuals to go along with it. So um, we'd love for you to check that out. Just go to YouTube and search for Nick and Hannah True or Mapped Out Money, and we will come right up. So we've been trying to record this episode for, I'm pretty sure, like the past three hours now, and we keep getting (laughs) sidetracked. This is what happens when you record on a Sunday afternoon. I know. We keep getting sidetracked by all this YouTube content. The internets. I know. It's dangerous. So anyways... It's time to focus. Here we go. Here we go. What are we talking about today, Nick? Well, we're talking about how we chose uh, where we decided to move. Yep. We spent three years living in an RV and uh, traveling during a good good amount of that time. I mean, obviously, we were stationary for part of it to be around family and stuff, but we saw, I think we tried to count, and we've at least spent some time in like 20 states. We've driven through, if you if you count states by just driving through them. We've probably been to like 26, 27. Um, So we've seen a good bit of the country, and we thought it would be fun to talk about how we decided to settle here and specifically all the different factors that you should think about if you're considering moving or trying to decide where to live and how to take this sort of overwhelming amount of information and factors to think about and whittle that down into something that is actionable for you to, you know, really start to make a decision about what makes the most sense for you. Yeah. And I know that the RVing part of it is not like our main focus of what we're talking about, but some of the key things that came out of our time in the RV, um, I just think it was eye-opening in general. And we talked about this when we first started traveling because normally we were where we lived, you know, like in Tennessee, and then we would take vacations to basically the same spots like Gulf Shores every year. Yep. Or we would take these, you know, really big vacations, but never anywhere that we would actually consider moving. Yeah, so, like you know, like Colorado or, yeah, Grand Canyon, yeah. whatever. So living in the RV gave us the opportunity to go and spend a significant amount of time in these cities and towns that we had never heard of. And so our the very first place that we went um, for my first PT job was Aiken, South Carolina. And we had never heard of Aiken and we were like kind of bummed that that was where I got my first yeah. assignment. We were like, mm, well, we basically Aiken. chose it because we liked the Carolina coast and it was like the city that got us the closest. It yeah. was like, okay, well, it's like two hours from Charleston. So, yeah. sure. And we thought like, oh, okay, it's not that far from Augusta. Yeah. So we'll probably want to go to Augusta a lot. Yep. And we even considered finding an RV park in Augusta because we were like, commuting. Aiken, what, what is there to do in Aiken? <laughs> but then we got there and we loved Aiken. Aiken was and we awesome. Were, yeah, we were just struck by the fact of like, oh my gosh, we never would have come here normally. Mm-mm. And so we were in Aiken for... Four months. Yeah, a while. Because it was a three-month contract and then you extended a month. Yeah, so that experience kind of showed us, wow, we love... 
we love this town. What are the things we love about this? And and I remember us talking like, man, if we could move this um, to be just like closer to the beaches that we like, mm-hmm. this would be... It'd be it. Yes. It'd be awesome. Yep. Yep. And so years ago, we were talking about that, but didn't know that it actually existed. Yeah. And where we ended up moving, I feel like is pretty much a lot like Aiken, but just close to the Gulf. Yeah. Well, and you bring up a good point that um, definitely the, the point of today's episode is not about RVing, but um, we we are very lucky and blessed to, to have the unique experience that we did because I was just Googling it. I was curious. So according to a study by IPOS, IPOS Public Affairs, um, the average American has visited 12.5 states in their life. That's it. Yeah. The majority of people just don't even know anything different than what they, you know, have grown up around. I mean, it's crazy hard. If you've got two weeks of vacation that you're working with, you're just not going to have the opportunity to go see very many places. Not only will you not have the opportunity, but do you really want to risk it? Like, if you've only got two weeks of vacation, are you going to go to the place where you know you're going to really enjoy and have a good time? Or are you going to go try some random town? Yeah, and then throw the money factor in there, too. Like, literally the money that you're going to spend to go do that. They just, yeah, most people just don't, you know, know what's out there. The good news is, obviously, with the internet, you can get to experience and see a whole lot more than certainly, like, our grandparents had access to. Like, I literally cannot imagine, like, thinking about Mamaw, so my, my grandmother, my dad's mom, when she was a little girl, her when they went to, Colorado, they went to right? no they went to california oh, okay um her dad was like her we're going to california i've heard, I've heard work is good out there you That's know so and just like moved just them. blindly it's go. so crazy Ooh. it's so crazy to me and um, no google maps no no yeah no i nothing. never would have made it <laughs> it's wild you know and then obviously they came back to tennessee but it's a different world you know so so with the internet there's there's obviously a whole lot that uh, helps and then the second really helpful thing that i feel like came out of the rv time kind of boils down to what we have talked about before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but we talk about it a lot just between the two of us. And it's that idea of liking the idea of something better than the reality. Yes. And we originally thought we would want to try to live super close to the beach. Mm -hmm. And when we spent an extended amount of time in the beach area that we thought we would move to, we realized, okay, A, at the point that we're at in our lives, we just don't get to go out to the beach every day. No, we have to work. Yeah. Yeah. We also cannot afford to buy a house on the, beach. the size that we would want <laughs> on the beach. Like it would have to be like a cardboard box yeah. on the beach. Yeah. And um, and we really couldn't even afford that. No. Also, recognizing being that close brought with it a very like touristy community mm-hmm. and and really thinking through like, okay, is this really where we want to live out daily life? We love the beach. We want to be able to visit it easily, but do we actually want to live like right here in the middle of it? Well, and, and you know, for context too, we grew up in Tennessee. And so when when you, you and your parents especially are this way, but I've sort of become this way too, that up until living here, when we went to the beach, we beached. Like we were not there to go out to eat Mm-mm. and uh, check out the whatever's going on in town and go it's to like the shops. It's like you on the ski slopes. It's like me on the ski slopes. Like when we go to the beach, we are there to sit on the beach mm-hmm. and we pretty much don't do anything else. <laughs> like get a beach house, stay on the beach. I mean, we play there. in the water, but we right. stay, yeah, we but stay my out point on the is beach like, we don't, we don't go into town yeah. really. And that's because you're there for one week out of the year, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're done. And and so when you live somewhere though, and it's just different, like we're not going to live that life. It's just a totally different way of doing things. Yes. That seems obvious, 
But I think a lot of times like that doesn't click in our heads when we're making these decisions. And mm-hmm. I know that it didn't click for me. No. So we spent a few months. Yeah. Down at that on RV Fort Morgan Park. Road. Yeah. yeah. Pork. RV Park <laughs> right across from the beach. Yeah. Yep. And it was great. Yeah. We loved it. But at the same time, it was eye opening. And so we realized like, oh, yeah, let's just live somewhere where we can bring our RV down here really easy yes. and do this when we want to do it for a week or whatever. Um, but yeah, let's not, let's not do like drive down to the beach and make a a day trip of it. Make Mm -hmm. it's really easy. Yeah. So that's kind of like my little RV summary. Well, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in a bit because we're going to talk about the importance of not, not just moving to an area and buying, but actually getting to know the area, but we'll circle back around. What I'd like to do next is just really talk through all the different factors that anyone should consider before moving somewhere. And, you know, a lot of people are doing this right now with COVID over the last year, a whole lot of companies have gone remote. And I see it seems like on Facebook or Twitter every day, like people in my real life that I know um, are saying things like, hey, my company just announced that we're going fully remote, you know, we're not going back to the office, so I can actually move. So a lot of people are are thinking about moving are considering moving, um, maybe dream to move one day. And so let's just talk through all the factors that you should consider. And we'll talk a little bit about how we thought about them and how they pertain to us for our move uh, as we go. All right. So the first on our list is cost of living along the lines of the Aiken store that we told. So with Aiken, when we had the RV there, we took day trips and even weekend trips into Charleston Mm -hmm. a pretty good bit. And there is a particular island close to Charleston, Sullivan's Island, that we love. Sullivan's is the best. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. And just very low-key, like, well, low-key, but fancy. Fancy low-key. It's expensive, but it's it's a low, it's it's a, a it's slow a, pace, yeah. um, cool couple of little cool restaurants. Yeah. It's very know. much like the type of place that we like. So while we were there, I mean, you know, like we are kind of talking through like, oh, is this somewhere that, you know, we could live or that we'd ever want to move or whatever. But if you look at Sullivan's Island house prices, <laughs> it is the real The answer is no. We, yeah. we so, cannot live there. <laughs> pretty quickly, <laughs> it became clear that we might need to find some alternatives. Yeah, um, I'm just poking around Zillow here and the only the only thing that is even available for under $1 million is a one bed one bath condo in an apartment complex for 700 grand on Sullivan's Island. Uh, everything else is is multi-million out on that island. Yeah. So, so that was ruled out for us and obviously there's tons <laughs> of areas like that, but I think that's what makes it such a good starting place because you can start out really broad and then like work your way down to like okay, those places are all amazing for when I win the lottery, but in the meantime, here's kind of the the areas that I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, and cost of living, so cost of living when you're thinking about it, there's a number of things you want to think about. The first thing that comes to my mind is obviously the house prices. That's what everyone thinks about is like, how much house can I buy in that area? Or is it a condo or a townhouse or an apartment? Like what what sort of is the living situation there? And what are the prices? Then you want to think about things like taxes. And what's really important here when you're thinking about cost of living is not just the income tax, but also the property tax and how that specifically plays into your own interest. Like I think about some people, like my dad, for example, who really values land. You know, like they want to have their space, they want rural, uh, and they want acreage. Well, somewhere, someone like him, he, he needs to really optimize for low property taxes because that's what he values. Whereas somebody who maybe 
doesn't really want a lot of land. Maybe they're willing to pay a little bit more in property tax, but maybe they make a good chunk of income, so they want to really optimize for lower income taxes. So there's a couple different ways you can think about taxes and taxation when you're looking at cost of living. There's obviously the normal like groceries and food and everyday stuff that you want to take into consideration and and the schooling. We'll talk about schooling here in a second, but there's a lot that goes into the idea of cost of living. What I want to encourage people on, especially if you have the ability to work remotely, is to really look at some of the low cost areas out there because if you, especially if you're used to living in a high cost area, if you've never spent much time in a low cost area, there's so many amazing places in this country that are truly like uh, amazing um, places to live and enjoy and good communities and fun places and, and stuff to do that don't cost a ton of money to live in. Yeah, there you're right. There are a ton of like really high quality of life places yes. that don't have a big price tag. And so, you know, in the in the financial, especially like in the financial independence world, they call this geo arbitrage where you're you're making decent money or okay money maybe at a job and if you all of a sudden are able to work remote, now you go change your your uh, cost of living. And all of a sudden, that same salary so goes like a most whole lot further. Talk about like moving to Mexico or something when they talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you can you can obviously do extreme and, and go live in Mexico, but even inside the states, big difference. So cost of living, obviously, you got to consider it, and uh, should be probably probably one of the biggest factors in your consideration. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about the school stuff right now? Or you yeah, want to do yeah, we can switch to school. So school kind of goes along with cost of living. If you've got kids, depending on what you're planning to do with school, right? Especially with COVID, this has all changed. Like, are you going to be homeschooling your kids? Are you going to send them to private schools or public schools? What are you trying to do? What do you want to do? One of the most interesting factors that was brought up to us by um, a woman named Heidi who had emailed in. She's been a, a longtime friend and, and viewer of the channel and, and the podcast. And she brought up something I hadn't heard of much or the, an idea that I hadn't thought about, which is when you're considering your school and the cost of living, don't just look at the bare bones facts. Look at like the hidden costs. She specifically mentioned that sometimes it can actually be better financially to send your kids to a private school in an area where the housing is not as expensive. Whereas if you try to get into a really good school district in some cities or some states, you're going to pay a ton for a house in that location. And so as crazy as it seems that you could actually save money by sending kids to private school versus sending kids to public schools, depending on what you're looking at, you might have to pay a whole lot more for a house to be able to do that. And so it's just important to look at the holistic picture when you're thinking about housing. Don't just consider like, I have to get into a great school district um, for this public school. Like think about all of your options. And today with the internet, there's so many options for school. So I think my biggest sort of piece of advice here is try to be really open to all the different options out there. And don't don't put too much, uh, too many blinders on and think that you only can do it one way. This is a side note, but I do think it'll be interesting to see. I feel like right now when you're buying a house, one of the main things that people think about from like a home value perspective is school district. Mm -hmm. Like we don't even have kids. And how many people asked us like, oh, are you in a good school district yes, when we tons. bought our house? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. But that's such a big consideration for people. And I wonder if we're going to really see that decrease in, in the years to come because of access to like online schooling yep. and, and all that stuff. I don't know. Just kind of interesting yeah. to think about. But in the meantime, when that is still such a big factor, I don't. it's just hard to weigh everything out because if you're buying a house and you're kind of thinking, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I might need to sell this. 
you do have to consider the fact that, okay, when most people are house buying, they don't consider it from all angles. And so they might just be looking at, is this house in a good school district kind of thing? You know, they might not consider the fact that they could come out ahead buying the house in the less expensive area and paying for public or paying for private school. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. And, um, you know, we'll get into to timeline stuff here in a second, too. But all of that certainly plays in. And, you know, there's a chance that we might sell this house before we have kids. And so we in that way, we don't really care about being in a school, good school district. But you're totally right. We did consider it. Um, and we are in a good school district, um, which should help us if we decide to sell. For yeah. Sure. So it, it is, there's pros and cons to everything. So, um, again, that's just another, shows all it's the infinite factor. angles. Yeah. Yep. I can't say the word angle without thinking of optimal angles. And, uh, <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazy rich Asians, optimal angles. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all right. Uh, next on our list is the crime rates. We'll go a little bit faster, but the crime rates, um, obviously that's something you want to consider uh, and look at, especially depending on, um, you know, your own, do you have kids, what's your family like, and um, how important is, is that to you? Demographics is really important, and and specifically what I'm talking about is like the age of the people, and this this sort of goes along with, I would lump demographics and, and pace of life yeah. a little bit together. Like, vibe. Yeah, the vibe. Like, are we talking about, is this a young sort of like Panama City Beach sort of thing where it's like a lot of younger people, it's more of a party city, a lot of bars. Um, is that the phase of life that you're in? Or is this more of like a, oh, what's the city um, that is like the super retiree city that everything shut down at 430 that we went to? Oh, Hilton Head. Hilton Head, right? Is this more of like a Hilton Head beach situation Ooh. where like it's super retirees, right? We like the retiree pace, but that was That was a little, a little bit too extreme. much for us. Uh, or just like a young family vibe. You know, what are the demographics of the area and what are you looking for? Um, you can find, again, another amazing thing about the internet, you can find all kinds of data now, population breakdowns and census breakdowns all online, which is really helpful. Next, we have job opportunity. This is sort of, I think, self-explanatory for the most part. We're very lucky and blessed in that we work remotely. And so this one for us really didn't matter that much. However, I would lump job opportunity, especially if you do work remote, alongside proximity to airports as something you should consider. Because even if you are working remotely, depending on what you do, you might be flying a good bit. And that was certainly something we considered. We wanted to be, I I always sort of said, I wanted to be within an hour-ish of a decent airport. So we grew up, I grew up in Chattanooga, which is a pathetic airport. And so now being where we're at, our closest airport has, I think, 22 or 23 direct cities that it flies to, which is pretty good. You know, it's a regional airport. It's not a big Dallas or Atlanta, but it's good enough Um, to be able to connect to a lot of places and and go from there. All right. The next one is one that we keep touching on because it was a key factor for us. And that is like your proximity to stuff you like. So whether that's like the beach or the mountains or the desert or whatever, proximity to family, all that stuff, that really played a huge role in where we ended up moving. Yeah. I still remember us talking about, you know, if we could live anywhere, where would we live? Beecher Mountains, Beecher Mountains, Beecher Mountains, you know, sort of going back and forth and back and forth and people listening will probably go, we'll just go to California, right? You get the beach and the mountains, but that, that, you know, it's too far from family for us. Um, And so for us, it was really Beecher Mountains. And the more we talked, it was like, well, if we could only live at one, like let's not split the difference, but if we could live at one and then, you know, visit the other, the second we asked that question, it was a no brainer. We'd prefer living at the beach 
and visiting the mountains. Mm -hmm. And I do, I want to give a little bit more context there because that is such a good example of like, like we practice what we preach when it comes to all this dreaming stuff and like just having these conversations a lot and very regularly. Um, So when we first kind of had that conversation was three years ago. Yeah. A while. It's been a while. We were at my grandma's house and we were just walking laps around her yard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember that coming up and, and we had talked about moving to where she lives, Yes, which was compared, compared to where our family, where our parents actually live was kind of splitting the difference between parents and beach. Yep. So we could kind of go to this middle ground where my grandma lived and that's what we had talked about doing. And the more we thought about that, we were like, well, that just puts us close to neither, yeah. really. And and we thought about the fact that every chance we get, we're going to be trying to go to the beach. Totally. So why don't we just live at the beach? Yeah. And then... We can commute to family or commute to mountains. And for right. context, like our, our parents both live fairly close to mountains. They don't live at, like, at the mountains, but your parents can be in mountains. In, An hour. hour. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like us to the beach. Yep. But it's like you said, that was a really eye-opening conversation that totally changed the way we were thinking about where we wanted to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So next on the list, really important, especially depending on your family situation, would be healthcare and hospitals. Um, you know, if you've got certain underlying conditions that are really, really intense, or you've got kids with certain underlying conditions, this is obviously going to be a huge, huge thing that you've got to think about. Um, for us at this point in our life, that's not a huge factor. Uh, where we moved has good hospitals. They're not like world renowned or anything, but we can be at some really great hospitals, uh, like in Birmingham, within a couple of hours if we need to be. Obviously, as we get older and depending on what happens with kids and family and stuff, that could always change. Adjust, but- we may have to adjust, but it is important to consider, and it's something that should you know shouldn't be taken lightly, depending on on what you've got going on. The next two I'm going to sort of lump together to political leanings and religious leanings, although they don't always go hand in hand. They're certainly important and in the fact that they can, the way they can shape the culture of an area. And so it's just something you definitely want to consider as far as like how well you're going to fit in, how much you're going to get frustrated or not frustrated with certain things that go on in that town or that city. Um, This can have a huge impact on Some of the other stuff we talked about, like crime rates and school and all of these other things, taxes, obviously, this can just have huge, huge implications. Obviously, we don't even have to talk about how much political leanings have affected the way COVID was handled, right? And no matter where you fall in line with those debates or decisions or whatever, the bottom line is- We can all agree. We can all agree. It's been handled very differently, (laughs) no matter where you're at. And so um, it's important to consider those things, you know, as you're looking at different areas and thinking about where you want to raise a family and where you want to live and and spend your time. Yeah. The next one on our list is social and professional networking groups. And this one, again, I think is, is one that has less weight to it because of the power of the internet. Yeah. And that's been another thing that came out of RVing was just realizing how- Easily we could connect with people and we've maintained a lot of those connections. At the same time, there is something to the in-person thing. So one of the things that really drew us to the city that we ended up deciding on um, or two things in in particular. One is that there's a lot of creative people here. So there's like a, a really good art museum and there's all kinds of activities that go on and like a little pottery shop that does all kinds of neat classes. Mm-hmm. And and so that was definitely interesting to us. And we know like a few online business people yes. in this area, mm-hmm. but we definitely didn't feel like 
like Nashville being like the hub for country yeah, music. We didn't need to be in Nashville. Yeah, it's yes. not like we had to have this certain hub to be able to do whatever our work was or connect with people that were doing similar things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and for some people, maybe they absolutely need to be there. But for us, we certainly, it was like icing on the cake. If there were some online If there were some online businesses. And, and, yeah. and also, I think about it too from like a, a health and fitness standpoint. One of the things we loved about the area we ended up moving to was that when you walk around, especially like on a weekend, um, you're going to see tons of people out jogging and walking. There's a lot of healthy older people yes, too. Yes, trying to be healthy. Yep. And so that kind of, that feeds into another one of our things to consider, which is like traffic and walkability. Yes. So obviously traffic, are you going to have to drive? Are you going to be doing public transit? Is your commute going to be like crazy hectic because traffic's terrible, you know, whatever. Um, but then along with that is walkability. And that's what we loved was we do live in a super walkable area and you see that because people are walking more and they're just healthier in general. Yep. Well, I remember um, when we first started walking around a lot, um, so it's been over a year ago now, I remember one specific morning, it like really hit me um, where I was like, we have seen like, I don't know, six or seven or eight couples that are 60 plus (laughs) out walking around or a couple of them jogging and stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, this is kind of interesting. It's a, it's a very healthy, excited about, you know, fitness and exercise and mm-hmm. like getting outdoors. Culture. And along those lines, a lot of the businesses have uh, dog bowls out for, for your dogs. And a lot yep. of the houses in like the little uh, more neighborhood type areas, they'll put out dog bowls and stuff for the people walking yep. by. So it's just, yep. it's just a fun place to be. Yeah. And that, I mean, you know, that, that wasn't exactly on our list, the, the way you said that about the dog thing. But I do think about that. As we definitely noticed we it. We noticed it. Like we wanted to be in a dog friendly area. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all the restaurants here that have outdoor seating are dog friendly. And you see a lot of dogs yep. out. Yep. So that brings us to to sort of along the same lines, the, the things to do, right? The hobbies, your interest, the stuff that you're into. Is there a lot of, you know, that going on in that area? And how important is that to you? How important is, you know, entertainment and stuff? One of the reasons people love Nashville, even if they're not a musician, is if they're really into music, there's always something going on in Nashville. And there's always you know some big singer coming through and doing stuff and you can like go for free a lot we of the can time. attest to that yeah. we were randomly in nashville for three days yeah and some friends invited us to a free concert and it ended up being like johnny swim and matt carney yeah and it was like totally free out on Drew the lawn yeah. yeah it was so fun it was awesome so you know depending on what you're into that definitely needs to affect your decision so going back to what i said with us you know we're into walking around Drinking around, coffee. Drinking coffee. Working at uh, coffee shops. Working at coffee shops. The Sitting beach. on the beach. Uh, Are we making ourselves sound like the most boring people? No, ever? we're just like, we, we sound retired is what we sound like. <laughs> we're, we sound like we're uh, ready for the slow life. Listen to a Jimmy Buffett song. You know, that's, that's us. That's, that's what we like doing. I'll take the next one because it is weather. And when we talked about moving close to the mountains, I am just, I'm not, me and Margo, we're not made for the cold. You're not a cold weather person. No, mm-mm. So I wanted to be somewhere where it was warm most of the time. And I would, I would much rather be blazing hot than I would cold. Blazing hot's fine with me. Yep. Lastly, and probably most important is your budget, your timeline, and your own flexibility. Obviously, we can't talk about you know, how to choose where you're going to live or move on a financial podcast without talking about the importance of your budget. So you really got to nail this piece down. You've got to know like back and forth what your numbers are, what you can afford, what you can do to not overextend yourself. And you need to really do that before you start house shopping. Yes. 
because it is just like going to the movies and you're like, well, I could get the large popcorn for another 50 cents, but then I could get the extra large for, I mean, it's only 75 more cents than the large. Every time I go to Sonic and get ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) It's so easy to do that with houses. Yep. And so you have to really have that locked in and be very conscious to not let that happen while you're going through the process. Well, the mortgage payment would only be... It's only 1500 and then... I mean, really, what's the difference between that and sixteen hundred? Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a difference. And then, I mean, sixteen hundred, sixteen hundred, and nineteen hundred; those aren't that different. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. yeah, it's so easy to do. So fast. We're all human. So we fast. all do it. So just be really careful. You gotta, you gotta nail this. And and what we mean on the timeline is how long do you think you're gonna be there? This one's really hard because at the end of the day, you don't know. And life changes, and things happen, and jobs change, and things like COVID. You know, totally screw everything up. So you're never going to know perfectly how long you're going to be somewhere, but you should have a general idea. What are we talking about here? Because that does need to drive a lot of this decision making. If you feel super confident that you're going to be somewhere and whatever you're about to buy, you're going to be at for 20 years, that's a very different decision than if you think, I think we could be here for five to 10 years, but also we might sell in three. Yeah. Well, there's timeline from that perspective. And then there's also the timeline of, am I okay to buy something that I like right now, but that I will love three to five years from now? Yes. Or maybe even longer. I don't know. Are you okay to buy a project and be like, this isn't exactly what I want right now, but we can make it be what we want. Our house definitely falls in that category. Oh, 100%. And the way that flexibility comes in here, the other word that I mentioned is that really goes hand in hand with your timeline. So let's say the less confident you feel in your timeline number, the more flexibility you need to build into your purchase. Whereas if you feel super confident in your timeline number, you can probably afford to be a little bit less flexible. And what we mean by flexibility is how easy can you get out of the house that you bought? Are you buying a house in a booming market that looks like it's going to be booming. And if you need to turn around and sell this house next year, you're not going to be underwater. Or are you buying something that who really knows? And it could be hard to get out of if you're not careful. So make sure you're thinking about your flexibility. We bought a house that ultimately is seven and a half hours from family. We're taking a gamble that we're not going to want to move, but we might. And we know that. And so we bought a house with that in the back of our minds that we may want to move at some point to be closer to family. And if we do, we need to be able to sell this house without losing our shirt. Along those same lines, maybe a little bit of a side note is thinking about it from the perspective of if you are buying a project house, are the things that you want to do to that house going to put it outside of kind of the market? value of what you might could get when you sell it. And if you're pretty dang confident on the fact that no, this is like where we want to settle, it's where we want to be. Like if if we can make it happen, this is where we want to stay. Yes. Then maybe it's fine for you to kind of exceed your market a little bit. But if you are like, ah, there's a lot up in the air. I really don't know what's going to happen then you need to be mindful about that too. Like, can you be happy with this house staying within a reasonable level for your area? Yeah. That is obviously a lot of stuff to think about. a lot of factors, a lot of factors. So to try and pare this down into something actionable, we have three exercises that we went through 
that we think will be really helpful for anybody considering moving. The first exercise is to dream big dreams. Before we totally dive in here, I will mention the fact that we're going to make a PDF thing with this information. Yeah, a worksheet on it. with all these exercises. Yeah. And that'll probably be out with next week's episode where episode we're... Episode 42. Yes. And we're, we're going to talk about picking your actual house. Yep. Um, so we'll kind of put... We'll combine all of the all the stuff we talk about in, in these two episodes and then put out a resource for it. Yeah. So for now, when I say dream big dreams, we're specifically talking about the area, some about the house as well, but allowing yourself to dream really, really big without thinking about the budget or the proximity to family right at this moment. I know that seems weird because they're that's two of the most important things is your budget and family, but the first exercise is to try and dream and to say, if, if literally money was no object and we could do anything, what would we do? Mm-hmm. And this really, it really does help because even though those things start really far out normally, they cipher down to things that are actually more realistic. So for us, I mean, we even talked about Anna Maria Island was a yeah. beach that we loved. And we talked about, oh my gosh, if we could move to Anna Maria Island and it's like this small kind of community feel, the beaches are beautiful, but it's expensive. And it's really far from family. And so out of dreaming of that area, we kind of ciphered down the things that we really valued out of it, which is, like I said, kind of has a small town vibe and kind of a slower retiree type pace and beautiful scenery. And so we took those factors and then just tried to find other things that also fit that description. Yeah, you hit on something so perfect there that I want to drive home. Yes, Anna Maria Island is too expensive for our budget and also too far from family. But we're not thinking about that in this first exercise. So it's really easy for people to write that off initially and just go, well, I could never live there, so why should I even consider it? Allow yourself to say, okay, but if I was going to live there, what is it about Anna Maria Island that really appeals to me so much? And that's where we were, where we were able to draw out a lot of these other things that we ultimately really cared about. For us, I know it sounds really goofy, but also that that Aiken, South Carolina was a big, big, big step, even though Aiken is this relatively, I think most no people name. have no clue what Aiken is, yeah. right? It's this relatively, it's a super small town in kind of rural South Carolina, but it's a big horse town and they have a really good community equestrian. and a really cool equestrian. <laughs> they have a really cool downtown walkable area. And it's small. It's, it's small. Quaint. It's like two streets. Yeah. But it was fun. And the, and the pace was really fun. And we went to an arts and crafts festival that came through. And we went downtown to walk around a lot. Uh, probably once or twice a week at, at least. least. And yep. we were like 30 minutes away from the from yep. the downtown area. So we realized like, wow, this is something we really enjoy and that we want to be able to do regularly. Yeah. How cool would it be if we could live somewhere that we could just walk in? into mm-hmm. that area rather than having to drive. So that was really what what helped spur us on. And then, as goofy as it sounds, like I think you growing up watching Gilmore Girls and then us watching Gilmore Girls together and seeing that Stars Hollow I remember us like, walking vibe. around downtown and you saying, do you know what this reminds me of? And I was like, what? And you were like, Stars Hollow. I was like, oh my gosh. It does. It really does. Yep. yep. And so Stars Hollow is, you know, I know it sounds goofy, but that sort of became a, a little bit of a lighthouse for yeah. us of like, if we could find a star's hollow by the beach, that would be what we want. Mm-hmm. With this dreaming exercise, the point is to ask yourself a ton of questions. What's your dream community like? What's your dream pace of life like? Suburbs, city, rural? What is your dream school district for kids? What's your dream distance from family? Yes. What's Maybe your dream it's really distance close. from family? Maybe it's really far. <laughs> Maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the point is all the factors that we've talked about in this episode 
take them and then say, if I could do anything, if I found the perfect location for just this factor, what would that location look like? And dream big and spend some real time here. We literally spent years asking these questions over dinner and on walks and in the car so that when it came time to us actually looking to where we were going to move, we had had so many of these conversations that it was pretty easy for us to, to assort our dream list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we legit did this for the three years that we were in the RV. This was a pretty regular conversation we were having. And it blows my mind to think about before we decided to RV, before I decided to do travel PT and all that stuff. I was getting ready to graduate, and we were planning to buy a house we were gonna buy in, a Chattanooga. House in Chattanooga. And we were going to buy a house without thinking of any of these things. I, I remember. Do you remember going to look at houses? I know. We went and looked, and we, we were like, oh, think, this house is kind of cool. Yeah, that one's pretty. Let's buy it. We didn't think about, like, hey, anything. what do we like to do? What would we like to be close to? Like, we, wow. Yeah, we just didn't think about anything. So, thankfully, God was looking out for us, and we yeah. didn't just randomly buy a house without <laughs> thinking about it. But we came close we enough. came close. Yep. Came close. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so let's move on to exercise number two. So exercise number two is where we got to deflate that balloon a little bit. Yeah, you got to remember, I do live in the real world and I can't afford to live on Anna Maria Island. So <laughs> where do I, where do I want to live that I can afford? Yes. So this, this exercise is really defining your must-haves, your non-negotiables, the stuff that you're like, I absolutely have to get these three things. Right. This should be a pretty short list that is then going to help you define and start whittling down things. So for us, you're, if you're listening and hearing, you might be thinking, wow, okay, so they're talking about beaches, small towns, good weather. Sounds a lot like the West Coast, right? Or Mexico, for that matter. But our number one non-negotiable was to be within a day's drive of family, which is seven to eight hours as far as we were concerned. Well, that immediately, all of our families in Tennessee and northern Alabama so that immediately means, great, so we're now we're talking about North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Louisiana, the panhandle of Florida, Alabama, and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Those are our states. We're not going to Texas or anywhere further west. And we're not going way down South Florida, because we would probably love living in South Florida, I think. But, but it's, it's too such a far. Long drive. It's too far. It takes mm-hmm. you eight hours just to get out of Florida. Yeah. So then we go to our beach factor, yep. and we immediately knew... We prefer Gulf Coast beaches. East Coast beaches are great. Yeah, they're fine too, obviously. But it's we've grown up coming to Gulf Coast, and there's definitely like some Gulf nostalgia Coast. here. Yeah, for sure. Factor that in, and now okay, Gulf Coast beaches near family. You're talking about the Florida Panhandle, Alabama, Louisiana. That's pretty much your options. All of a sudden, now you start whittling down. Our next couple ones were super walkable, small town, and budget conscious. And now we're talking about the Florida Panhandle or Southern Alabama and just a really a couple of towns at that point. And so now our list is really short and it becomes much, much, much easier to decide how we can try to get all the other things on that dream list within our budget. So the the big thing with this exercise is what are those non-negotiables? Get super clear on those and say, if I could just get these three to four to five things, I would be 80, 90% happy. You know, we would be stoked that's the point of this exercise. That brings us to the third exercise, which is to make a list of specific locations and start visiting or talking to friends and family about those or just researching them online. These exercises are really important to do in this order too, because it can seem so overwhelming when you're just talking about all those factors that we started off with, but we found it 
to be pretty easy to start crossing cities and states off the list when we got really clear on those non-negotiables. And then now is the fun part um, of actually getting to say, okay, here's like five cities that Mm -hmm. were sort of between. Let's check them out. Let's see what we think. And I feel like when you get to this part, even just looking at things online, you'll kind of get a gut feel for stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really valuable. Like I think if something keeps drawing your attention or if you're just kind of like, Eh, on something. I think that's probably worth worth noting, even if it's just from looking at the Google search results for totally. that place. And really the, the goal with this third step is to try and maximize, it's basically to combine the two lists of like, okay, once we get our non-negotiables, how can we maximize the rest of the things on this list? And so we nailed down our non-negotiables. And then once we started factoring in the pace of life stuff, the taxes, the cost of living, the school districts, all the other stuff on our list that were more nice to haves and dreams, Lower Alabama became uh, the key. Yeah, and once we found our spot, we visited a few other places in the RV, and I remember both of us just kept saying, well, "I just want to go back." I just want to go back there. Yeah, 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 and it just kept drawing. So you know, we've talked about this before on our episode where we talked about making decisions, sort of strategy for decision making. It's really important to combine rational decision making with emotional decision making so don't don't let one drive the other too much for us we always like to start out super rational super tactical so we do all this legwork we've been talking about up to this point in the episode and then at some point you just have to visit that location and do a gut check and then let that help you sort of push you over the edge for that final decision. Yeah, and if you're interested in hearing any more about that and kind of our experience with that, in episode 14, we talk about how we're thinking about home buying, and it was a very... (laughs) Very different. Yeah, it was very um, objective. Yes. Like, methodical, uh, strategic. Mathematically approached. And then you can see how that changed (laughs) by episode number 18, um, where we did take into consideration all of those things that we had had thought about, but it we ended up in a very different spot than we thought we were going to, kind of reordering some of our goals. Yeah, just reordering. Really, yeah. yeah. All right, so that's the three exercises to really whittle down the area that um, you might want to move to. Before we wrap up, I want to talk about four common mistakes that people make when they're considering where to move. And a lot of these have to do with just neglecting thinking about certain things. So the first one is letting too much social pressure drive your decision. This is a tough one, probably the hardest one, um, of letting friends and family have too much of a a way on where you want to live. It's important to get your friends and family's feedback. It's important to consult them. It's important to get wisdom from them. But don't let them dominate your decision too much And ultimately, like what I worry about the most when people do that is that they might let their friends and family dictate that decision. And then years later, they end up sort of feeling resentment towards them for not choosing really where they wanted to go, um, but letting letting the friends and family have too much of an impact. Can I add FOMO to this list? Yeah. Fear of missing out. So, and I think especially if you've been living somewhere like say Nashville or New York or something that's kind of got, got this persona of everything's going on all the time kind of deal. I think it can be really hard to move away from that because you're, you worry like, oh, what am I going to be missing out on? Yep. But sometimes that's not even the stuff that we value. We're still just worried about missing out on it from the perspective of 
social media or Mm -hmm. whatever else. And so again, just getting really clear on the things that you value and whether or not it's worth paying more or whatever other sacrifices you're having to make to be in that area uh, versus living somewhere else is more aligned with what you value. Clarify what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm not making sense. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it just has to do with other things that are going on in your life, especially career. I feel like career drives a lot of that. Of It feels like if your industry is all happening in Austin or LA or New York or Seattle, you feel like I've got to be in one of those cities. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got to be in New York. And ultimately, maybe that is true for what you're doing. Like there's certainly some times where that's true. But I think for a lot of people, that's not actually as true as you think it is. And the other thing is that it might be true for a season. Yes. But a lot of people just do that and then never change. Yes. Well, it's like our friends Nathan uh, Nathan and Victoria moved out to L.A. for a season. Mm -hmm. They were there for, I don't know, three or four years, something like that. And it made good sense for them at the time based on what they were doing. And then ultimately, they were like, okay, we came here. We did what we needed to do. We made good connections and, and good networking and built We've relationships. We've reached a point of diminishing returns yes. on, on living here. Now we're going to leave, you mm-hmm. know, and go find something else. The, the bottom line here is, as best as possible, really take the time to set out your own priorities and your own non-negotiables. And don't let social pressure drive you to not follow through with whatever those top priorities are for you. Yeah, because there's a few people that we know that are living in really high cost of living areas. And it's super fun to live those places, but they also have some pretty big goals with like paying off debt and, you know, saving up to buy some bigger things like a house and all this stuff. And it makes it much harder to do those things living in those high cost of, of living areas, obviously. And so if it's if it's worth it to you, then great. But it's just all about analyzing it and really thinking about consciously whether or not it's worth it to you. Yep, exactly. So this brings us to the second common mistake, which is overlooking hidden costs. I'll go back to the example that I gave from Heidi about the sort of housing situation versus the public school versus private school. You just want to make sure that you're looking at all angles. And a lot of people really, really don't think about that. Taxes, housing costs, school healthcare. Those four are some of the biggies that you need to look at in each area and try to understand the differences about what's going on. A a quick example here is there were a lot of people who would live in Georgia and commute to Chattanooga. So they would live in North Georgia and then commute and work in Chattanooga, and they would buy a lot of things in Chattanooga. And they would talk about how, oh, well, it's better because the property taxes in Georgia are cheaper. And so they would claim that it was a better deal, but they were spending so much of their time in Chattanooga, which has a really high sales tax. And so they ended up spending a lot of time and effort paying the sales tax in Chattanooga, and they weren't getting the benefits of not having an income tax by living in Tennessee. I was about to say, a lot of a lot of them didn't even own a ton of property. Yeah, they wouldn't even own a ton of property. They were like in a neighborhood. So they're living in a neighborhood on a relatively small space. They're paying income tax in Georgia instead of not paying income tax in Tennessee. And they're still having to pay sales tax because they commute to Chattanooga. Now, obviously, there's probably some situations where this makes sense. But there's a lot of people that weren't really looking at all the different angles that they should look at. And so the biggest the biggest tip here with this common mistake is try as best you can to to be objective 
early in the phase of house buying. You can let your emotions come in in the later stages, but in the early stages, you want to pull back and really try to look at this with as much rational objection as possible and look at it from multiple angles to see, are there any hidden costs here, especially around schools, housing, taxes, and healthcare? Yeah, and I I would say too, along these same lines is just thinking about how your expenses might shift. Yes. So if you're going from somewhere that had a lot of public transit or whatever, and now you're going to need to buy a car and maintain that car and all the stuff that goes along with that, you know, think about that. On the other hand, if you're moving somewhere that's really walkable, maybe you're used to having two or three cars in your family and now you can go down to one, but you might be paying more for, for other things. Just thinking about how all that stuff shakes There's out. There's just so many angles. I mean, even I even think about like with us. So we live in a really walkable area now. So we don't drive much on a day-to-day basis, but when we do drive, we drive from here to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it's long. That's a very different way to use a car than if we were commuting every single day like we did when we lived in Chattanooga. It's just a different way to use a car. It's a different need. It's a different, um, totally different thing. And so just making sure you're looking at this from as many angles as possible and not overlooking something hidden that's going to come back and bite you later on. Okay, so the third common mistake is buying before you understand the nuances of an area. And I totally understand why people do this. We had the benefit of having the RV But a lot of people, you know, they're like, I don't want to move my stuff into an apartment and then have to move it into a house or move it into storage and then have to move it into a house. And I get it. It is a pain, but I think it's worth it in the long run um, to be able to go somewhere and actually spend a longer period of time, whether that's renting an apartment for six months or a year. Or if you can't do that, just finding like a short term rental where you can go even for a few long weekends or something. You have to be there for more than just a day at a time. You need to. And I've seen this so much over the last year. So, you know, with with 2020 and the pandemic and everything being the way it is, there's some pretty big exoduses from especially some of the major cities. I cannot tell you how many client calls I've been on over the last year where we're talking about someone moving from L.A., Seattle, New York to a smaller town. Like one of the big ones I've seen is L.A. to Nashville or L.A. to Austin. Those are one of the real popular moves right now. What's going on there is that people are leaving L.A. and moving to a city that they really don't know much about. They've just heard that it's great from their friends or family. And they're buying instead of renting, which is causing two problems. One, they're not being patient enough to truly understand the area, truly understand the part that they love the most. And because a lot of people are doing that, it's driving the housing market crazy, which means that these houses are going on the market in places like Austin and Nashville and other hot markets that are really moving quickly. These houses are going on the market and then selling and going under contract in 24, 48, like 72 hours. And people are up bidding each other to get these houses. That's all emotion. (laughs) No one is sitting here and making super rational decisions and really understanding the nuances of an area and what their budget needs to be. And so I'm afraid that so many people are going to get into a house in an area of, we're not even talking about the type of house right now. We're just talking about the area of the city. They're going to get into an area of the city that ultimately they may end up regretting six months or a year from now. So if there's anything we can encourage you on, please be patient if you're thinking about moving. It is not going to kill you to wait six or 12 months or three months to really get to know an area, take time to rent. Yes, it's going to be more of a pain because you're going to have to move twice or you're going to move to an apartment and then move again. I get it. I know that. But 
Just take your time, really get to know an area, allow yourself to walk around. Don't just drive through, walk Mm -hmm. around, drive to, and then get out of your car and walk around a bunch of different areas of the city and find the parts that you love the most. If you will put in this legwork and be patient on the front end, you're going to really, really appreciate it on the back end. So don't, don't, don't rush it. If you do rush it, a lot of times you can end up buying something that maybe doesn't actually really fit in your budget and with your other goals that you have um, or something that is possibly hard to sell. And both of those options are going to leave you with less flexibility, which brings us to our fourth and final common mistake, and that is undervaluing flexibility. This this really goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You've got to dial in your budget. You've got to dial in your timeline. And then you got to dial in how much flexibility do you want and need. For us, we've already mentioned it a couple of times, we don't know that we're going to be in this house for 20 years. We think there's potential that we might be in this house for 20 years. We really love this area. We really like the house we bought. As of now, we would love to be in this house for 20 years. Yeah, as of now, we would love to be. But there's other factors. And so we might not be. And so we wanted to make sure that we didn't overextend ourselves in a way that would make it really difficult to get out of this house if we need to. And then on a smaller scale, we wanted to still have flexibility in our budget to still travel. Yeah. We wanted to keep the Airstream. We did keep the Airstream. We want to use the Airstream. Yep. And if we maxed out our housing budget. Yeah, we could have sold the Airstream and then used that money for a bigger down payment and gotten a bigger loan and, you know, then said, okay, well, all the money we're planning to travel with on a yearly basis, we're just going to use that for the mortgage payment. We could have bought a much, you know, bigger, nicer house. Or we could have just maxed out the mortgage that the bank would have given us yes. and still kept the Airstream, but not have any money in our budget to, to, to go use it. Go use it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were definitely mindful about that yeah. as we were thinking through what we wanted. And we're going to talk more about that in the next episode as far as how much house to buy and what your mortgage loans and terms and you know how much of your monthly budget do you really want to go towards your house and things to consider. But this point here, again, can't be overstated with the importance of making sure you get the flexibility that you need. I definitely like still having the flexibility to travel in the Airstream. (laughs) So do you want to talk about what else we like? Yeah, stuff we like. All right, so one thing that I'm really liking right now is Paul Graham recently wrote an essay like a couple days ago on the importance of writing simply. I really need this. I'm very wordy, if you can't tell from this podcast. I struggle to whittle down my thoughts sometimes and say things in a clear and concise manner. Hannah does a phenomenal job editing our YouTube videos because I just tend to word vomit when we're filming. But Paul Graham wrote this great essay, uh, and I love Paul Graham stuff. But what was funnier about it is that Tim Urban, who I also love, tweeted back at him and said, it'd be really fun if you wrote a second version of the same essay using non-simple writing to just show how much worse it is. And Paul said, interesting idea, but I just tried to think of how I'd rewrite even the first couple of sentences, and it was freakishly hard. As hard as it is to think of a polar bear when someone tells you to not think of a polar bear. Anyways, Tim Irvin goes on, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he ends up going on to try it himself. He takes Paul, just the first three sentences of the essay, he takes Paul's um, first three sentences, which are really short, punchy, simple, great, um, and then he tries to rewrite them as overcomplicated as he possibly can, which honestly sounds like how we were taught to write in college sometimes, or um, certainly some aspects of high school where it's like, oh, let me insert all these big words that make me sound like I'm super whatever. Well, and like 
restate things. Restate things multiple times. Anyways, it's it's quite funny, and it really, really goes to show that when it comes to communication, whether in your job or in your marriage or on a podcast or whatever, the importance of being able to speak, write, and think clearly and simply is really helpful for conveying ideas. So I just enjoyed that little exchange. I enjoyed the essay, and I enjoyed the uh, Twitter exchange. I thought it was pretty funny. All right. You want to wrap it up for us? Yeah. So the big takeaway from today's episode, I think, is to think through using those three exercises before you make a move and decide on where you want to live. The three main exercises, again, are to first allow yourself to dream big by not thinking about your budget, not thinking about some of the restraining items like your job or your family, and just allow yourself to dream big. The second then is to interject reality and define those must-haves and non-negotiable things that you absolutely need to make happen in whatever city you're going to move to. And then the third exercise is to start really doing the research. Go visit the areas or at least look them up online and start trying to find the intersection of where can I get all of the must-haves and as many things from my dream list as possible. Now, like Hannah mentioned, we're going to have a worksheet that goes along with today's episode and next week's episode. It'll be in the show notes of next week's episode. Once that comes out, episode number 42, you'll also be able to find it at mappedoutmoney.com forward slash 042. And you can download it, work through it, see all the factors we mentioned today, all the exercises. And if you're thinking about moving, I think this will be a a really helpful way to get started on finding the perfect place for you and your family. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. And we hope that you'll join us next week. Um, We're going to be talking about the process of choosing the actual house that you want to buy. Yep. So we'll see you then. (laughs) 